Welcome to the Legal Merry-Go-Round, where you can learn to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Here, 40-year veteran attorney Paul Samico will entertain you and help you understand the law in areas we might all face. Brushes with the police? Oh boy. Family disputes? Oh no. An injury and accident situations? Ouch. And now, here's Paul. Welcome, welcome to the legal merry-go-round where I want you to make sure always that you avoid the downs and savor the ups. Get it? Merry-go-round, ups and downs. All right, I'm not that funny, but I do have some knowledge and some experience and humbly uh, think that it's pretty good sometimes. So I want to get right into uh, today's show and talk about child custody. Child custody. Are you in a situation where you and your spouse are potentially going to be separating and there's children? Then this is the place you want to be to listen to some of the things that I'm going to share with you this morning. I have a situation that I was able to review involving the husband, Cook, and his wife, Trisha. The scenario is a familiar one for many people. Uh, you meet someone, Cook and Trisha met and fell in love, but one of them had some issues. And so this might be you. You know, you're in love. Wow. Stars in the sky and romantic dinners. So you rationalize. Eh, she's not perfect, but who is? Or, you know, he's got some problems, but I can change him. Maybe you're thinking this. So you get married and you have kids. And then the relationship breaks down and you're confronted by your spouse's issues. Maybe it's alcohol, drugs, mental health issues, domestic abuse. Gosh, I hope not. Or something else. You're confronted by the fact that at this point, your primary goal needs to be protecting your children. So Cook was one of those one of those guys that had this problem, unfortunately. Cook and his wife, Trisha, had a child together shortly after they got married. And then the wife began displaying some anger management issues. She resumed contact with an ex-boyfriend who had a history of abusing heroin and abusing her. So the marriage broke down and a custody battle presented. During the custody case, Cook had an attorney. Now, folks, if there's children, get an attorney. You just don't know what you don't know. And you want always the best interest of your child. So if you're a young couple or an older couple and you have children and they're below the age of 18, please go get a lawyer. The lawyer can guide you and counsel you and give you all the options and perhaps even help you decide what some of those resolutions to those different options might be. So at the court hearing, the father's attorney put on many witnesses, and this included the wife, uh, Trisha's former supervisor. At that hearing, 
they were able to present evidence that Trish had moved seven times in the preceding five years prior to the marriage, including West Virginia, Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Utah. Wow. East Coast girl, and now she's out in Utah? What's that about? All right, so the mother's former supervisor testified that Trish had tested positive for a drug which was used to treat opioid addiction. Woo, okay. Supervisor told the court that he had demanded that Trish provide a prescription for that medication, but she only came up with prescriptions for an antidepressant and smoking, stop smoking, smoking cessation drug, which caused the employer to fire her. So, as well, the father's sister, um, according to the father's sister, Trish had previously stated that she was bipolar and had been hospitalized previously. So this is a, getting to a point where a decision is going to be made. I'm going to share what that decision was. My guess is you can probably already figure this out, but, you know, hey, the law has got lots of twists and turns, so stay tuned. After the break, I'm going to I'm going to come back and tell you what happened to uh, Cook and Tricia and their kid. I want to talk about another case involving uh, a couple by the name of Darnell and Nikota. Um, Darnell wanted to be an active and an involved parent. They, um, they were happily married for a while. Uh, but the issue for the court was, uh, should one parent only have physical, physical custody during periods of time when he was working? So the parents had separated and they had some visitation schedule worked out that wasn't working for either of them for various reasons, which I'm going to, to share with you. He worked at night, the father, Darnell, and she worked during the day, Nakota. In order to improve or foster the relationship with your child, it's important to have time with that child, including overnights. We, we understand that. But sometimes you have to work during parts of those periods when you have physical custody of the child. So that doesn't mean you should lose necessarily your custody time because you have visitation, schedules, custody time, what have you, and you're at work. So does that mean if you're working, you shouldn't have control, I hate to use that word, but custody of the child? So to achieve a custody arrangement that best helps the relationship with the child, uh, the advice that I have is be sure to make sure be sure to make sure. I love the way I'm talking now. Great. Make sure you have, again, an experienced attorney. In these custody matters, there is just nothing more important than to have someone who's been there, done that, seen it, knows the rules, know the, knows the law, and can guide you properly. So in this case, again, Darnell and Nakota, uh, the, the focus was on when custody should be awarded. The parents were um, living separately. Uh, they agreed great to raise their child, their little boy, together. And again, he worked nights and the mom worked during the daytime. This resulted in a clash. The father's complaint when they finally take it to court 
asked the judge to award him three overnights a week, even though he was working at night. He said that because he was working nights on some of those days, he could arrange for his brother or his mom to watch the boy until he came home from work, and then he'd be able to be with the the little boy to tend to him, to take care of him, once the little boy woke up in the morning. He said this would help the boy get accustomed to his home and get to know his, the father's side of the family. So you might, you know, be thinking, okay, what's going to happen here? And uh, I promise you, after the break, I'm going to tell you. Last, I want to talk about a situation that many, many people might get wrong. Uh, and circumstances in these custody, custody cases are always very interesting because they're fact-dependent, and they always revolve around the best interests of the child. So this is a case where uh, Alan and Janice uh, had children, and their marriage deteriorated, and they became uh, clear. It became clear to them they're going to have to get a divorce, and of course their interests are in the children uh, as a top priority. So Janice, the mother, was really basically not working, and she was at home during the day taking care of the kids each and every day, all day. The father, Alan, uh, had been an active member of the United States Navy for more than a decade prior to their getting divorced. Uh, The assumption that I'm sure Janice made and that many of you would make is that given that she was the one taking care of the kids all day, every day, she had primary physical custody, not granted by any court, but that was the the fact of the matter. She was the primary caretaker. Her belief was that, well, that would continue after the divorce. Da-da-da-da, what's going to happen? I'm going to come back after the break and tell you. I'm going to come back right after this short story. You have to hear this. And maybe you've seen something like it when you watch the cop TV shows where the the at-fault guy uh, shoots himself like in the shoulder or something to make it look like he was uh, a victim, but he was actually in on the whole plan. We have a woman uh, who is in Texas who presents to the police uh, and the court numerous photographs Uh, of her uh, bruises and her eye and her swollen lip and the cuts all over her body, photographs showing the abuse that she had been taking from the husband over the however many past months. She even brings her best friend as an eyewitness to corroborate the brutal physical abuse uh, that had been inflicted upon her. Now, well, a little bit of an unexpected twist of fate here. The home security cameras caught her inflicting injuries on herself, including the time the cameras caught punches being thrown by the best friend eyewitness. Wow. You go to such lengths, you know? I mean, just move in with your mother and file divorce. You got to beat yourself up. Okay, be back after the break. Hi, 
Okay, it's break time here on the merry-go-round. We want to give you value. So, do you need an attorney for an injury case or a criminal matter or something involving family law? Mr. Samico has the answer for you. Go to our podcast website, www.thelegalmerrygoround.com. Again, that's thelegalmerrygoround.com and click on the referrals tab. Then either fill out the form or call the telephone number where you can leave a detailed message that Mr. Samico will pick up and you'll get a response with a referral to an excellent attorney in your area within eight business hours. And the referral is free, no charge to you for this referral. So again, if you're looking for a lawyer that meets the highest standards, Paul is going to hook you up. And every attorney he refers to meets the highest standards, and Paul has checked them out for you. If you like what you're hearing from him during these shows, you know he's going to take care of you. So go to thelegalmerrygoround.com. And now, back to the show. I'm back. Did you miss me? I missed you. Thank you so much for staying with us. I hope during the break you were able to do all the things you wanted to do. Anyway, let's get back to the issues of these three couples that we talked about at the beginning. You remember I talked at the beginning about Cook and Trisha, who at the very end of my conversation about them, my discussion about them, we were hearing that the wife, Trisha, had had some problems. You know, she she wasn't doing too well in terms of being, you know, a wonderful person. In courts, evidence of possible drug abuse, personal instability, and mental health issues can be very important when we're deciding a case about the appropriateness or fitness to be a parent. So in this case, the husband won. Even though both people were legally fit parents, the judge ruled that Uh, The couple was unable to share custody, and so the court was required to pick one parent, and the, the judge decided in the father's favor. His proof was persuasive for the court and convinced the judge that he should have sole custody and primary physical custody. The mom received visitation every other weekend and one weeknight per week. Now, she didn't like that. So she appealed the case, you know, makes sense. Don't like it. Courts allow appeal process, but the appeal court again ruled in a father's favor because during the original hearing, the trial, the father and his attorneys were able to show uh, support, significant support for uh, the, and, and enforcing the judge's original judge's ruling. The judge has a lot of leeway in courts all across America with custody issues. There's wide discretion to make determinations about what is or what's in what's not in the best interest of a child based on the evidence put before them at, at, at trial in the courtroom. And that's why it's important, again, to have your strongest possible case during your initial court hearing. 
and only attorneys can bring all that out because there are going to be things that you might think are not important or things that you think are important which aren't. An attorney is going to do this. They're going to help you understand this. If you have children, there's probably nothing more important than protecting them um, in a child custody arrangement. It's sad, it is, sometimes that that might uh, mean protecting them from a parent who's mentally unfit, unwell, battling untreated addiction, or otherwise personally unstable and unable to provide a proper home for the child. It is sad. I highly recommend that if you're going through issues with child custody, that you do as much as humanly possible to work with your soon-to-be ex to make sure that the interests of the child are protected. Not your own interests, but the interests of the child. Earlier, first half of the show here, I talked about Darnell and Nakoda. Darnell and Nakoda. We shared that the physical custody was an issue, even though uh, the father was working sometimes at night when he wanted to have custody of the child during those evenings. He advised that his mom or his brother could be in the home while he was at work. It was an interesting case, the way the judge decided it. He granted the schedule that the father requested, three nights, three overnights a week. As often in these cases, mom doesn't like that, so she appeals. She argues that by giving the dad custody when he's not at home, when he's working, and saying that his mom or his brother are going to take care of the kids, she argues that basically that the judge is awarding custody to the mom and the brother for visitation and access uh, over her rights as a natural parent. The rights of the third party over a natural parent was her legal argument. Unfortunately for mom, that just didn't stand up. That was not the law. That's not legally correct. Simply because you, as a parent, have family members supervise your child during times when you're not physically there and you're working, that doesn't mean that the family members doing the babysitting, if you will, have been awarded visitation rights. The child remains in your custody during those hours and also remains your responsibility. The thing that a trial court has to decide in situations like this is, again, pretty much always in all these trial custody situations, is what's in the best interests of the child. In this case, the judge decided that overnights with dad were in the little boy's best interests, even if that meant having a relative babysit the child for several hours. It's interesting to note that the court here, in making its assessment, said that most of the time in which the the uncle or the grandma would watch the kid uh, were hours that the, the kid, the little boy, was going to be asleep. So the overnights with the father would help the child become acclimated to being in the father's home and to foster relationships with the father's side of the family, with the, many of the child's close relatives on the dad's side. The court rejected the mom's argument on the issues of physical custody, and it said that it's useful for any parent 
uh, to keep in mind that there is more to parenting. Now, please listen to this, folks. This is really important if you are in this situation. There is more to parenting than being a physical presence in a child's life. As an example, decisions about who the child spends time with, what TV shows the child should watch, if any, uh, which books are important for him to read. All of these are important things in the growth and development and mental and physical health of a child. A parent doesn't need to be with him the entire time, every minute of every hour, in order to properly and effectively parent a child. Very, very important uh, discussion and ruling by that judge in that court that all in this situation should take note of. Finally, I want to review what happened with the case that I talked about at the top, the parents Cook and Trisha, where Trisha had some pretty significant problems. The um, the proof in the case uh, involved evidence of possible drug abuse on the part of Trisha, personal instability, and mental health issues, and that was enough for the court to grant the custody to the father, to Cook. Um, the law, as I told you, gives wide discretion to make determinations about what is or what is not in the best interests of the child. And in this case, the father's proof uh, was enough that he should have sole legal custody and primary physical custody. These are cases that are always difficult. When you have a spouse who has the kinds of problems that Trisha had, um, the addiction or use of opioids, um, these types of things uh, where she's moving around, showing instability, going to five different states in seven years. I think these are things that are appropriate to be considered about the overall ability of a parent to provide the best for the child. It doesn't deprive the parent of contact and influence with the child, but the primary focus here is, again, the child and what is in that uh, little boy or little girl's future. Not having a parent uh, moving around, using drugs, personality problems. In any event, I, I so often am concerned that when I say things in an advice uh, capacity, it might sound like I'm preaching. It might sound like I'm up on a soapbox. And I hope that those listening here don't feel that I'm doing that. I like to try to bring my life's experience and that as an attorney uh, to you to share with you what I think, at the very least, are best practices, healthy practices, things that will help others. And goodness gracious, I'm not a perfect person. I'm, you know, I'm a human being. I've made mistakes. Boy, plenty of them. In a situation, however, like this, where you have custody issues, where there are problems between the parents, I can't stress enough how critically important it is that you consider the child first, second, third, and fourth. Get your ego out of it. Then, when you're at that healthy place, thinking about the child, then you go to the other parent 
and you sit down and you have frank conversation. You talk about what's the best for the child. And that's not to say that circumstances can't change. A good friend of mine uh, is someone who is divorced and the couple had a child and the child uh, was taken by the mother and moved to a state uh, hundreds of miles away. When this little girl, uh, to live with the mom, when this little girl turned age 13, she picked up the phone and said, Dad, I, I'd like you to sit down and listen to me. I miss you, and I see you once in a while, of course, but I'd like to live with you, and here's what I did. I went to mom's psychiatrist. Mom didn't know about it. I took a bus and went to see the psychiatrist, and I told the psychiatrist all the different reasons that I didn't want to stay with mom and why I wanted to be with you. And the psychiatrist said that, that she thought that would be a good idea. Can you imagine that? A 13-year-old little girl getting on a bus and seeing the, going to see a professional? So dad called the psychiatrist, and of course there's patient-doctor uh, privilege, so the psychiatrist couldn't talk at all about the mom, who was her patient, but she did acknowledge that the little girl came to see her, and she did acknowledge that she believed it would be a good idea to have the father take custody of the little girl and for the little girl to now live with the dad. So the dad called the mom, and the two of them talked about it. It was probably the most developed and intelligent and healthy conversation that the two of them had had in decades. And the mom agreed. She said, you know what? To her credit, she says, I think that's probably a good decision. So the little girl moved hundreds of miles away and came back and lived with the dad. And now that little girl uh, is no longer a little girl. She's a, uh, a very intelligent, very well healed, very mentally healthy 28-year-old young woman who, when asked, would say, it was the best thing that my parents ever did for me. Imagine keeping that little girl there in that other state and having her constantly upset, stressed, because she wasn't happy with the mom. It's not appropriate for me to go into all the reasons, but these are the kinds of things, these are the kinds of ways that, that considering the child's interest can be accomplished. I hope and pray that you have a good uh, relationship, a good marriage, that you never find a need to divorce. I hope and pray that if something does happen and there are children involved, again, the only consideration at the beginning has to be the well-being the physical and mental health of the child. Best wishes to everybody. See you next time. And if you want to, I'd really appreciate it. Please give me a review. Thanks for listening to the Legal Merry-Go-Round. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in next time to get a better understanding of real-life legal situations. Thank you.